Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 107, titled Faith and Faithfulness. In our daily lives, we come across different people, and often with strangers in order to break the ice, we engage in small talk. This small talk is a way to show friendliness by discussing things that are somewhat superficial. For the longest time, there has been one specific topic that has dominated the world of small talk, and that is the weather. But lately, it's been the price of gasoline. It's common to hear people talk about how gas has gone up 10 cents or has gone down 5 cents. So now people are more concerned about their gas tanks than just about anything else. I'd like to start today's study by considering the analogy of a gas tank. You fill it up at the gas station and then slowly the level goes down as the gas is used. When it gets close to being empty, you fill the tank back up again. We sometimes get the idea that our relationship with God is like a gas tank. While this is true to some extent, because we all have times when we feel spiritually low, we also have times when after an expiring message, we feel encouraged, as if our gas tank has been filled back up. But such an analogy can be disappointing. Faith is not like a gas tank that constantly needs topping off. At one point, the original disciples had this type of idea in their thinking. They thought it was possible and necessary to top off their faith tank. Our passage for today is Luke chapter 17, verses 1 through 10. But let's jump for a moment to verse 5 and listen to the apostles' request. Verse 5, And the apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The disciples were a lot like us. They felt that if they could have more faith, they could be better disciples. We sometimes think like this too. We often look at our lives and we are not pleased at what we see. We get the sense that we could be doing better. So we say to ourselves, if only I had more faith, then I could be a better Christian. And we say to God the same thing the disciples said, increase my faith. But before we look at Christ's response, let's go back and get the background of this verse. When you first read verses 1 through 10, they seem to be disconnected. They seem to be various instructions thrown together. The fact is that the Holy Spirit inspired Luke to record them here and to record them in this order, and therefore there must be meaning to the order. Previously in Luke's account, Jesus had given the parable of Lazarus and the rich man, which is an upcoming study. The parable will teach us that we need to have a sincere compassion for all people. With that in mind, in verse 1 of chapter 17, Jesus continues to talk about the great responsibility we have as disciples. Verse 1, Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Christ is warning us about the seriousness of sin. We are responsible for our actions and our words. It is a very serious thing to cause someone else 
to stumble. Now notice what he says next in the beginning of verse 3. So watch yourselves. So often we read verses like 1 and 2 and think, yeah, God's going to get people who cause others to stumble. But we don't stop to think whether we ourselves are guilty of doing it. We all need to watch ourselves in that regard. In the near future, we will study the power of the tongue, something we all misuse. So let's continue with the rest of verse 3. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Here Jesus reminds us of two things. First, we need to be accountable to each other. And second, if your brother or sister sins against us, we have to be forgiving. Grace and mercy are the hallmarks of Christianity. Grace being given something that is not deserved and mercy being not giving something that is deserved. So we see in verse 4 that Jesus has been giving some pretty heavy teaching here. First about how we need to be careful not to be a stumbling block for others and then about the importance of forgiveness, even to forgiving seven times in a day. So after hearing this, it's not hard to feel the weight of this passage on the disciples' shoulders. And so in verse 5, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And we too, in some situations, can feel like we're not able to do all of this and feel we don't have enough faith to cover it either. So we may pray, please, Jesus, give me more faith, otherwise I will fail. Ever feel like this? Let's continue. Verse 6, he replied, If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Well, I don't think this was the answer the disciples were looking for. We might have expected Jesus to pray for them and ask the Father to grant them more faith. But Jesus' response shows that it's not about the amount of faith, but what we do with what we have. If we look at the Greek verb here, the sense of the original language is that the disciples did have faith at least as small as a mustard seed a mustard seed being the smallest of all seeds. So you could say, you do have faith, and even if it's small, you can still do great things. Or in other words, you already have faith, you just aren't using it. The disciples were asking for the wrong thing. They didn't need to increase their faith, they needed to increase their faithfulness. There is a big difference. Faith is a gift from God. He gives us the amount of faith that we need and it never runs out. Faithfulness, on the other hand, is our obedient response to our faith. It's what we do with our faith and that is up to us. Faithfulness is defined as being loyal and obedient to the one we put our faith and our trust in. We put our faith in Jesus. We also have to be faithful to him. When we accept Jesus as Savior, we put our faith in Him. 
when we accept Jesus as Lord, we put our faithfulness in him. Jesus needs to be both our Savior and Lord. It's not enough to say, thanks Jesus for dying for me, see you later. When we accept salvation, we die that day. We are no longer who we were before. At baptism, we are resurrected as a new person and we no longer live for ourselves. We live for Jesus Christ. As believers, we must give our entire life, every part of it, over to God. We have to say, God, here I am. Use me as you wish. And when we do that, we have to be willing to be faithful. When God says, okay, here's what I want you to do, we have to be faithful to do it. It's not a matter of faith, it's a matter of faithfulness. It's a matter of obedience. As humans, we like to use excuses. We like to say things like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not prepared enough. I need to learn more. I need God to give me more faith. If you're a Christian, you are ready to do whatever it is God wants you to do. He's God. He knows you. If you weren't ready, he wouldn't have asked you. If you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of faith. You just need to let your faith drive your obedience. Show your faith by stepping out and relying on his strength, not your own. That's faithfulness. Jesus left us with a short parable in verses 7 through 10 to help us put things in the right perspective. Verse 7. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, Come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, Prepare my supper? Get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. When we are faithful to follow God, we aren't given a medal. When we do what God wants us to do, it doesn't help pay for our salvation. No, faithfulness is merely part of our servanthood. It's expected. A servant is expected to serve. A Christian is a servant and therefore a Christian is expected to serve, to be faithful, to be obedient. When we get the feeling that something is not quite right in our walk with God, it's not that we lack faith, it's that we lack faithfulness or obedience. If our spiritual tank is running low, we can't come to church and say, fill me up. We can't blame the worship team we can't blame the pastor. The Holy Spirit dwells within us and therefore God works best from within our own hearts if we let him. Have you ever noticed that people who are the most spiritually mature are the people that are being faithful to God? They are the people that are doing what God wants them to be doing. They are living for him and not for themselves. I want to close with this passage from Luke chapter 12, verses 
37 through 40. Verse 37. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. We'll have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So let us all be faithful with our faith.